What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Underrated and Overlooked Podcast. Man, a lot to talk about today. Uh, another reminder, tomorrow is our first inaugural Georgia High School Media Day, so we will not be having a show, but we will be live. The link is all linked below. And for the community that always watches our shows, definitely go uh, drop some questions in there. We'd love to ask them while we're out there present. So we'll be there from 10 to 6 p.m. tomorrow. So real quick, Craig, what are you most excited about going to the High School Media Day? I think when we were meeting yesterday, I got the sense we're going to have a lot of freedom, but also I think as the day goes on, we'll be able to talk to a bunch of teams early on, get a sense from them, and then maybe even apply some of the things we've heard to teams later on that might be squaring off in the first couple of weeks. I think it's going to be great for us just to get a nice big picture of uh, what this upcoming season is going to look like, and I think it's going to help me with my preseason rankings. Hundred percent, and we was talking about that a little bit, and I think yesterday we was kind of talking off air, just like, you know, seven eight. Like I feel like that's gonna be so tough for you to do. I mean, you got so many good teams there. Obviously, Buford will probably take one, but I mean, where is Grayson gonna fall? Where will uh, Walton fall? Where will Milton fall? Um, So I mean, that's kind of tough. Oh, it's gonna be brutal, (laughs) and even just a team like Lowndes, I mean. You got a new coach with Coach Carter. How good are they going to be? You got Colquitt. They're absolutely loaded. Uh, Grayson, where do you put them? Parkview. We all know how good they're going to be. I think the top 10 is going to be extremely difficult in 7A, probably more difficult than the other classifications I'm going to do. But I'm looking forward to tomorrow just to kind of see some of these guys in person. I mentioned on the show yesterday, I want to see how big Daniel Calhoun is. I want to get a sense of some of the size we're going to get to see uh, some offensive linemen, defensive linemen. We've been busy at seven on sevens. We've seen the quarterbacks, we've seen the receivers, but I think just teams like Meadow Creek also just getting to see the the size they have and some of the guys in the the top rankings just to be able to see them up close and personal. I think it will be a great indicator of who's going to be able to win that physical battle 100 percent. and some teams i'm excited to see tomorrow and actually talk to i got a couple off my list one is going to be green county um i'm interested to see javaris harris uh excited to see him up close and personal 915 yards last season 12 touchdowns they were six and five so excited to see what they're able to do this year um i didn't go with like the name brand teams because obviously everybody knows about them so i just went with some teams that a lot of people aren't talking about another one is douglas right last year they were three and seven um, but they got a lot of talent, right? The team's getting a lot of buzz. They got one of the top players in the 2025 class in John T. Gilbert, who's already committed to Ohio State. So I'm curious to see that team up close and personal, learn more about their program and what they got going. And the other team is going to be Sandy Creek, right? So much turnover. Team uh, players, you know, leaving Caleb Calls, going to uh, North Carolina, um, losing so much of their talent. I think uh, Jacob Goot ended up transferring out to Langston Hughes. He just... A lot of time they lost, but they're going to have some talent returning, right? Amari Latimer, who's getting some buzz at the running back position. I'm pretty sure he's going to be ranked coming up here pretty soon when those rankings come out for the 2026 class on 247. Um, just how will they look under a new coach in Darius Smiley and, you know, how that program looked because, you know, Brent and Garvin kind of went out on a high note with them winning that state title. Yeah, that's a great point with Green County. I just saw them on the list. It's a team that has been kind of overlooked. They're going to be, I believe, at 145, but – I think at the end of the day, I want to see which coach, which team came in with the most confidence. I think it's going to be Gainesville. Um, I just think with Coach Nibwit, the way he set the tone last year, preseason before the press conferences, and then what they did last year, I'm interested to see Gavin Hall. They have a lot of those guys returning. 
they had to replace some coordinators with Santavius Bryant going over to Grace, and I believe their uh, defensive coordinator went also. But who's going to have that confidence and really set the message of what their expectations are this season and what we can expect? I think Gainesville is going to be really exciting. And then also a team like Carver Atlanta replacing a ton. They know what type of schedule they're going to have to play this upcoming season. They got Calhoun in the bash. They got Sandy Creek. They've got Buford, they've got Cedar Grove, they've got Douglas. So I think uh, talking to Coach Miles will be a short trip for them. But just um, we've gotten to talk to him on the show, but just the players. I want to see where their head's at. 100%. I think you bring up some great points. I mean, that that's kind of how I knew, too, just as far as predicting the upset, just how confident the coach is. I mean, obviously there's a strong line between, you know, confidence and cockiness, but which team is going to have that confidence coming in like, okay, we got these dudes. And then, you know, it could be an underrated team and end up going really far in the playoffs. So I think that's I think you bring up a great point, Craig. That's going to be really interesting to see which team is kind of brewing with confidence and, and confidence in their players and coaches and staff and, and seeing what they're able to accomplish next year. Yep, also McEachern, I think that's a team that uh, they got a new coach. They've been a real powerhouse, but they had an interesting season last year, uh, losing their quarterback. It was a disappointment, but I think they're going to have a really – a tough region with teams like Harrison who's also going to be there um, so that'll be interesting and then Pace Academy yeah that's when we were talking about they won the state title seven years ago and they've, then they've gotten ousted in the first round every year since uh, they had a tough matchup last year in the first round I think that was against uh, North Oconee but obviously their goal was simple this season make that deep playoff run once you lose seven straight first-round games, that is a real cloud hanging over the program. 100%. That's going to be um, really intriguing as well. So, yeah, y'all, y'all make sure um, any media that wants to come, definitely uh, come out, reach out to Graham. All that's linked below. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to be there. Uh, AJC, on 3 247 Sports, um, Fox, uh, a lot of you know big media outlets will be in attendance. So if you want to come, definitely shoot the email. Um, it's not too late. You still got a little bit of time. Any teams you probably got to the end of the day. I think it's a couple slots left. Um, so definitely go check that out. And then acclimation period is actually starting this week, um, Craig. So just kids are getting uh, ready to go. Football is right around the corner. That's kind of what acclimation means. And then, you know, kids are going to their major um, schools cookouts. I know Wendell Gregory is going to be attending mm-hmm. South Carolina um, cookout. I'm pretty sure this upcoming week. So just acclamations here. What do you think? Yeah. So I saw. I think it was um, refresh me on who Peachtree Ridge's quarterback is. Darnell Kelly. Darnell Kelly. Yeah, yep. I saw him. He was grilling out for his offensive lineman. Had a big party. So uh, looks like around the state they've been enjoying the month of July. But as you mentioned. July 31st is when the pads go on. So right now they're having those training sessions. They have to do it five times in the heat, and then it's going to be a fall camp, fall camp already. So a big week for sure. This is kind of the last uh, breath of summer they're going to get at this media day before it's all business until December. Pretty much. So um, a lot of very, very exciting. But uh, we got a player, as we said, every week we're going to do uh, that we want to highlight, underrated and overlooked player. Uh, he plays for Walton. So we're going to pull up his huddle and just analyze his tape really, really quick. This is going to be why signed him in their receiver. Had a really good season last year. I think he was third on the team in receiving yards, tied for the lead in actually receiving touchdowns. So um, this is a guy you definitely want to watch out for. 
next season for the Walton Raiders will be a big part of that passing attack. So Yeah, exactly. And you're typing him in right now. I mean, he doesn't even have a 247 profile right now, and he's one of the top touchdown scoring receivers in the state right now. So 100%. I think he will definitely start getting on the radar more, and I'm excited to break it down right now. Yep, and we're about to share the screen with you guys. Yeah, last season, 42 catches, 744 yards, 11 touchdowns. As I said, a touchdown machine. And just so many game-turning plays. All right, so here we go. Give you guys a full screen. That's what he's listed, 61170, GPA 322, 744 receiving yards, and 11 tutties. So let's look at this play right here. Nice deep ball. From Jeremy, beat his defender downfield. Nice breakaway speed there, not to get caught. Easy touchdown right there. Said against, I think that was a game against Pope, and that was the game. I think Jeremy went a perfect twelve of twelve in that game. It's insane. And I think that was one of the first plays of the game too. Right here, another deep ball. Just, you know, good release off the ball. Yeah, that was that crazy North Paulding game. But 51-49 yeah, victory. was probably his best game of the year. 100%. Because Aiden Jackson went down in that game. Stephens got lost. Nice little post pattern right there. Easily getting open. All right, right here, you're going to see him on the outer boundary. So, you're going to run a little slant route. Nice job there. Again, yep. breaking loose, showing his yak ability. Not easy to do with three dif uh, defenders in the vicinity. So, great play right there. Might be getting a replay right here. Another angle. Yeah, that's next level. He is a touchdown machine. All right, let's see. He's going to be on the, on the X slot again. Riding his defender. Trying to create separation. Double cover. Wow. Still able to fit it through there. That's a tough catch. I remember that one. In between traffic as well. Great throw by Jeremy as well. That's not an easy window to fit a ball in between. Yeah, that game had over 100 points. It was back and forth. And then he was definitely the guy that got Walton that win. 100%. Same position right there. Nice little slant and go. Looks like it's like a zone coverage right there. And, again, you're seeing his yak ability, be able to take a you know short slant, take it the distance, score a touchdown. Here's another angle of it. Boom. One cut right there. Showing his breakaway speed. Nice tutty. And it's crazy to think that was Heklinski's first year as a starter, too. Yup. Right, right here, we're going to get a nice little post route. Easy money touchdown right there. Breedy's defender. Good release off the ball. He's really like he's really beating his defenders once he gets into his break. So, really impressive right there. All right, we'll do a couple more. All right, right here, we're going to see a nice little, looks like a little hitch. Kind of just got open. Defender looks like they didn't know what they was doing, and, you know, he took advantage of that. Easy money right there. Oh, I like that route right there. Yeah, big third and nine turns into a touchdown. Nice. Yeah, that was good. And you see that confidence he has. He does have a lot of swagger. I'll give him that. Yeah, ability to break off the defender and be able to score a touchdown. Yeah, that was nice. All right, same thing. He's going to be on the other side. So he's kind of showing the versatility of his game. He could play really anywhere. And it just what seems. A throw. Yeah, mm -hmm. it just seems to me he's always open. 
Yep. He, I mean, he keeps going on the routes. Jeremy right. always knows he's going to. All right, it's a big money game. This game's yep. Buford right here. That is elite catch right there. That is. In traffic. Barely kind of get off the defender. This is the Marietta game. He was at this one, too. This game was on TV. Nice slant and go route right there. Easy money. Just to, excuse me, beating defenders at the thing. All right, this will be the last one. This is against Mill Creek, top defense in the state last year. Nice goal ball. Barely go get it. Turn it into a big play. Here's another angle. Again, this will be the last one. Yeah, just does a nice job getting open. I mean, he's a great deep ball threat, man. I mean, that's really impressive. So, I mean, obviously, kid has a bright future ahead. Uh, that's about four minutes of tape. Let me go back to us. Sorry, y'all. All right. So, yeah, y'all, that's why it's Sonderman for the Walton Raiders, man. It stood out to me, and I thought it to Craig. Um, it just seemed like he's always open, right? Uh, we mentioned about his receiving yards and, and touchdowns last season. And, yeah, think about this, y'all. Um, he's probably what, I mean, a lot of times he didn't even play the slot. He was playing either the X or the Y, but mm -hmm. they had some talent at wide receiver, right? You had Aiden Jackson, you had Cameron Lowe who plays the slot and he was, you know, always open and it seemed a lot of time, like, you know, Jeremy would go to Aiden, but I mean, as you've seen in those plays, I mean, he's going to be a big, uh, proponent for them going, uh, forward this season. He's probably going to be that, that wide receiver one for them, uh, for the Walton Raiders this upcoming season along with others. So, I mean... He did it against pretty good competition, right? You had Mill Creek, who won the state championship. Buford, who they upset in the second round. He was doing it against uh, North Paulding in a game that Aiden Jackson went down. He was, you know, catching uh, routes and stuff. I really like his ability to get deep, always open. And I think what's the next step of his game will be those kind of other routes he was doing, being able to break it off and, and staying open for Jeremy and then being able to go kind of inside, using the leverage, and then cutting back outside. I think that's the next level of his game he can tap into. Definitely. And you talked about the competition he goes up goes up against last year he's confident it's not going to matter if it's Grayson he's proven himself he's gone up against these 7A programs he knows he can get open he trusts his quarterback I really like his balance you see him catching these deep balls he's not falling down he's, he's got great balance he's able to catch it <clears throat> in traffic turn it into a big play every single catch we saw on there was at least 20 yards <clears throat> minimum even if it's the slants so he has this big playability Sharing the spotlight with all these other uh, Walton targets, 42 catches last year, turns it into 11 touchdowns. Him going over the middle with all this misdirection Walton's going to be able to do with the backfield, with the power run game, with Hunter Teal uh, coming out in the flats making big plays. He is so dangerous just going over the middle, catching it on the run, turning it into a big play. I just think he's poised for another tremendous season and I think we'll see it week one I think we'll see it throughout the year and it's just hard to think that he's going to have an even bigger impact this year as a senior but I definitely think he will his confidence off is off the charts and he showed it at the seven on seven as well yeah and I think something we got to think about that we haven't talked about too is obviously we said Hunter Till right and we kind of think of him as a Travis Kelsey kind of that offense right that air raid system but as you said it can also do the power running game but what's gonna be interesting is what de what de what are defenses going to do? Like, how are they going to pick their poison? Is they going to stack the box and try to stop Bonneford? Or are they going to, you know, <clears throat> try to stop the pass? And I think what's interesting is you might see some defenses run a lot of zone against Walton this upcoming season. So they could be doubling, you know, Hunter Till over the middle of the field. That's going to open up the field for Sonderman, right? Because a lot of people are like, oh, we're not going to pay him no mind. This guy, 
you know, whatever so-and-so. So if he can have the, those same kind of plays he had this upcoming or last season, this upcoming season, that could be potent for them because, as you said, most of those catches are over 20 yards. And he's not just going deep and beating defenders. He's also doing it with slants, doing it with hitches, doing it with out routes, and then turning them into big plays. So if he can continue to do that and add that element to the offense in addition to what defense is going to bring, I think that's going to be vital. Yeah, and just two more things. One, Cam Lloyd's going to be in that offense as well. Yes. He's an outstanding receiver. He's able to line up in the slot really fast, really quick. He's a great compliment to Wyatt. But as you mentioned earlier, Wyatt might be playing some defense too. Yes. And you yes. see his ball skills. Watch out throwing it back there. I think he's going to come up with some big defensive plays as well this season. 100%. So that's a player to watch for. Is again, stay tuned. Every Tuesday we will have a player that we feature. Uh, a couple of weeks ago we had Phoenix Moss for Trinity Christian. Uh, hopefully he'll be in attendance at our media day. Oh, nice. Uh, but, yes, uh, that was a great player. He's one of the key players to watch for, for that team next season. So if you guys got any players you want us to do a little bit of tape or assessment on, comment that below as well. Or, you know, feel free to DM us on our Twitter handles. Um, everything's linked below. So Yeah, and then last point, uh, Real Analytics, actually, they showed his play that started that clip, that big touchdown against Pope, and they clocked him at 19.8 miles per hour um, once he broke that away for the touchdown. That is elite speed right there. Uh, that pretty much went viral, and it's just really impressive. 100%. Yeah. I mean, and, and for you to get featured by them, they feature some of the fastest athletes in the country, right? I think recently they had, or probably last season, they had one with uh, K.J. Bolden, right? It's a five-star player, right? He's, you know, going to announce his commitment decision here soon, August 5th. So, I mean, to be featured in that shows the kind of speed he has and the big playability we kept mentioning uh, a few moments ago. Yeah, so. I think that K.J. clip you're talking about actually went viral because that was the fastest um, time they recorded, I think, in the entire country last year for a high school player. 100%. And it was just slightly uh, faster than Wyatt on that play. 100%. But let's keep it rolling, man. Let's move to our second segment, college. We got a lot to talk about on that tip. I think the first matchup is going to be electric. I mean, going to be featured on college game day, y'all. North Carolina versus South Carolina week one, September 2nd at 730. I think you got some of the best quarterbacks in the country, right? I mean, obviously, Caleb Williams is going to take it to one slot. But I think you're going to have Drake May. Right, he had a great season last season. Four thousand three hundred twenty-one yards, thirty-eight touchdowns. He's a reason why a lot of people have North Carolina as kind of the dark horse, you know, in that conference. Obviously, it's going to be Clemson, and then it's going to be uh, Florida State. Most people have one in, but North Carolina's kind of dark horse, and he's one of the reasons why. You got Spencer Rattler, right? He's still considered one of the top five quarterbacks um, coming into uh, this upcoming season. We'll see. This kind of his last chance at possibly making it to the NFL. We know where he was at before Oklahoma last season. They got hot late. We talked about the teams they beat, Tennessee, yep. um, Clemson. So what are they going to be able to do? I think that's going to be a electric matchup. Yeah, I really like them picking this matchup. Uh, what's interesting about it, obviously, ACC versus SEC. And believe it or not, I mean, they don't play each other that often. It's not every year. And so I think it will be a huge crowd, massive implications. We've talked about South Carolina's recruiting class looks really good. They're getting a ton of outstanding playmakers. They had that strong run last year. So, I mean, I think it's going to really set the tone. It's not going to matter in the conference standings, but it's just huge just in terms of the recruiting battle between, yeah, those two programs that both have a chance to shake up their conferences. 100%. I mean, it's, it's going to be electric. And then actually the last three matchups that they have, South Carolina actually has the advantage. They've won uh, their 2-1 and one in the last three matchups, and then North Carolina leads the all-time series 35 20 and four so 
I think it's going to be great, man. I think two good teams. Um, North Carolina was in the ACC championship game last season. South Carolina's a team under Shane Beamer has been competitive. Um, and, you know, be interesting to see how they're going to stack up this upcoming season. And, you know, they got hot late. So I think we mentioned it before, like, can South Carolina get off to a hotter start? <clears throat> and I think that's going to be one of their key things this upcoming season, not starting out the gate shaky and then getting hot late. But what's interesting is next season, that might kind of aid well for them. And the reason I say that is because you're going to have the expansion of the 12-team playoffs. So you could have a team that struggled out the gates early, kind of like you see in the league, right? Like my team, the Bengals, we struggled out early. I think we were like 4-4, four and four, and then we got hot late and made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. So that could bode well for college teams that following season That's as well. just because they weren't running the ball enough. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. I think what's another exciting thing, I know this isn't necessarily in terms of college, but North Carolina versus South Carolina. You look at Walton's linebacker core, Wendell Gregory. Yeah. South Carolina, yeah. Ashton Woods, North, North Carolina. Carolina. So That's a good point. You wanted to watch the game with any two people, I think that'll be a fun yes. dynamic because obviously they're a great duo for the Raiders, but yes. uh, they'll be going to those separate schools as pretty much the leaders on their respective recruiting classes. Yeah, and I agree with you. I th- and I think, too, like obviously college football, what's so great about it is the parity, and then we need more rivalries like this, right? Like we need – Obviously, we know the traditional ones, right? We know the Alabama, Auburn, we know the Georgia, Floridas, but uh, Miami, Florida States. But we need one, like, that's coming up, like, kind of how the Chiefs-Bengals has kind of taken over a little bit of the NFL a little bit in ways of a rivalry. We need something, like, new, just like, man, those teams don't like each other. They play annually. We know what it's going to be. I think, obviously, we know the ones like Ohio State-Michigan is another good one and then college football. But we need, like, one that just kind of comes out of nowhere, you know? I think that definitely has the potential. I honestly can't think of a another one just that has the geographical impact <clears throat> and just the kind of the overlap. I mean, it's North Carolina against South Carolina. It's the Carolina Bowl. Right, 100%. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> What's going to top that? So I think, yeah, that's a really exciting matchup. And both of them are doing extremely well uh, in this upcoming class that will obviously shape – the rest of their season winning that matchup would be huge for either program 100 percent. and dave i don't know if you're trolling or what but um st burrow's a bottom 15 quarterback i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> you got to be trolling and then bill chiefs it's not really a rivalry chiefs always win that i mean we're speaking to a chiefs fan i mean do you consider bill chiefs a rivalry no. i don't no no they win what regular season what one game yeah. No, that's not, that's a, not rivalry. a rivalry. No. To me, the Chiefs it's a always great, It's a on. great matchup. It is, but that's not a rivalry, man. Come on, man. What are we talking about? But let's talk about this big commitment. Latest news. Uh, he just committed yesterday on three. Justin Williams, five-star linebacker, announced his commitment. He chose Georgia over Oregon. Um, he officially committed yesterday. A very highly talented player. Top-ranked outside linebacker, according to ESPN 300. Uh, Williams is out of Conroe, Texas. <clears throat> Um, they also got a decision looming on Demarcus Riddick uh, tomorrow, actually, during our media day. He's going to decide if he's going to go to Alabama, if he's going to flip to Alabama or Auburn or stay at Georgia. So just, what do you think of that move? <clears throat> yeah, that'll be interesting with Riddick. He, as you said, he's been committed since November, but he's going to make it official. The move, to me, it just shows regardless if UGA wins a third straight, it's they're clearly they have the grip on college football right now they've got the number one recruiting class in the country right now it's absolutely loaded it's stacked you got kids moving to the state of georgia in a pipeline just to go there and i think what's really interesting is how aggressive so 
what George is doing right now is they're battling a really competitive 2024 cycle. They're striking while the iron's extremely hot with the recent success they've had. And if you look at the rate of players, I thought this was really interesting on where this class for Georgia stands compared to previous Julys. So right now, I think Justin, that puts them at 24. So as of July 1st, though, they had 22 commits in the class of 2024. The year before that, they only had 13 at this point in the summer. The year before that, 11. year before that, 9. So 2024, this cycle is so huge with everything going on in college football, with all the changes, the NIL. Georgia has the luxury of being the two-time defending champs. They're killing it with recruiting, and so I just think this move just indicates they are going to be the team that everyone's going to have to contend with uh, not only this season, but definitely uh, these next few. So do you have anybody knocking them off in the SEC East this season? I think it could happen this season, but when I look at this upcoming recruiting class and just the the strategy behind it, we talked a couple weeks ago about how massive the offensive line prospects for 2024 are. It's insane. It's probably the biggest um, offensive line group I've ever seen. It's like 6'7", 6'9", 6'8", 360. So they're taking care of that position. You have Dylan Rayola. You already have it completely stacked to the quarterback position. You have the defense has been ridiculous in terms of these five-star prospects, sending guys to the NFL, being the best defense in college football. So... I don't think uh, – I don't want to say people are going to knock them off kind of where they are in the next few seasons. I think they could drop a game. I don't see them necessarily going undefeated this season, uh, but I definitely think they're the top team. Got you. And then, you know, before we transition to, to Tech, let's get your intel on this topic. I know this is a little bit – technically on topic, but we didn't talk about it in our topics. But you've seen him play and he's pretty much the presumptive starter and, and the leader for the team, Carson Beck. So, Craig, talk to us and tell us about what you saw from him in high school and what would you tell Georgia fans that are watching the show what they're getting out of a Carson Beck who's probably going to be their starter next season from what you've seen in high school and what you think he can bring to the team this season. <clears throat> so, I think with him stepping into the starting role, you would think there'd be a lot of pressure coming into a program that's won back-to-back national championships, but I don't really think that pressure's there for him. You'd have some people saying, oh, where's he in the potential Heisman race? Don't be ridiculous. He's not going to have to do that. Uh, I think they're going to come out with a good strategy. They're going to be disciplined. They aren't going to ask him to do too much. They're going to break in the new pieces. I just think that he's a solid guy. He's not going to make mistakes, and he fits the mold for a Georgia quarterback. So think he'll be solid for him. Uh, he's not going to be the thing that keeps him from reaching their goals. I think he'll do exactly what he needs to do. But gotcha. he's definitely been, I think, toughened by that quarterback battle he's been in. 100%. So when you're that good in high school, you don't really have to deal with that quarterback battle. No, I think college is different with that, unless you're just a stud flat out and you get it as a true freshman. But, yeah, a lot of times you're going to have to battle to – win the QB job but that's uh, Craig's latest intel on Georgia Bulldogs again keep it locked here for every week for new intel around 
Georgia. Uh, Craig will definitely have that going forward as well. So, uh, latest around Georgia Tech, I think this is an interesting position to watch for. It's going to be the receiver group. We haven't talked about their starter for their quarterback group. We'll see. Um, they're still you know, working that out. But the receiver group for Georgia Tech is going to be interesting, right? They have so many new players at the position. Some are leaving. Uh, Nate McCollum, Ryan King, Kalani Norris all transferred. EJ Jenkins and Malachi Carter headed to the NFL. But the interesting thing is their returning starter, who's about 5'9", 155, their slot, Malik Rutherford. He's going to be a key receiver for them. He played really well in the uh, spring game for them. Also, DJ Moore and Avery Bond also caught some touchdowns and had some big plays. So those will likely be the starters. But the interesting thing is going to be the transfer they have coming in, right? Dominic Blaylock coming over from Georgia over to Tech. They're going to have Chase Lane from Texas A&M, uh, Christian Larry from Alabama, and then Abdul Janine from uh, DeCunzen, however you say that. I don't know how you say that college name. But... Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who's going to be their starters next year. Um, and then their depth pieces are going to um, be Jamal Haynes, James Blackstrain, and Juju Lewis, not the one from Carrollton. Um, and then you have Zion Taylor, Eric Singleton, who will be the incoming freshman, uh, see if they can crack the rotation. So they got some really interesting pieces at Tech. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see who they're going to have as far as they obviously have a lot of talent coming over, some from Bama, some from UGA. And then they obviously got the returning starter in, in Malik uh, Rutherford, who I think would be interesting to watch. Kind of a big play weapon for them um, in the slot position. Uh, kind of similar to kind of, you know, Sonderman, just big play, get the ball in his hands. Dynamic playmaker, same thing with Blaylock. Um, he had a little bit of injuries over there at Georgia, but he had a really good 2019 season. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. That's a group to watch out for. How good would they perform next season for Tech under new um, offensive coordinator Faulkner? So. Yeah, I'm pulling up this depth chart right now. I, I'm interested, obviously, to see how uh, Dominic Blaylock's going to contribute. Going there was a big move for him. Yep. I respect the decision. You, you get two national championships. Uh, he pretty much, and I mean, all the injuries he had to deal with, I think he definitely <clears throat> paid his dues at Georgia. He deserves a, a fresh start to close things out at Tech. I think he has an opportunity to have a strong season there. When we were there for the Corky Cow, I saw Bailey Stockton getting significant reps. I don't know if it was with the first string or second string, but, I mean, he's a guy that could come in and play that Lad McConkey role. He's a big-time playmaker. I would not be surprised if um, he gets some looks this season. It's another interesting note. We didn't mention him, but, yeah, um, he's another player that had a really great um, senior season at Prince Avenue Christian. He's another name to watch out for uh, next season for Tech as well. So we'll see how they perform. Again, Tech is one of my dark horses this year. I think they'll have a decent season. Um, but we'll see how everything comes together as they try to figure everything out. But that's all we got for the college tip. Uh, I think we had a comment that mentioned um, about Oklahoma and their strong recruiting class. I know they did just land Zion Reagans, who came from Jones County. Yeah. I don't know if you know a lot about him, Craig, but anything you can add um, – you know, just about him. Have you seen him play before? Yeah, he's one of the better receivers in the state right now. Got you. I just, when we do our write-ups, I just know he was always making plays. And they were one of the best teams in 5A last year. Well, there you have it. That's one of the ones that got. Um, I don't know about you much about Eugene Brooks or Taylor Tatum or uh, Devon Mitchell, but um, I have to look yeah. more into Oklahoma. I haven't heard about their class, but I know Georgia's been strong. Bama's now starting to get stronger in the 24 class. Um, so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But that's all we got right now for the second segment. We're going to move to the third, keep it rolling. Um, we got a big title fight, actually, this weekend between Earl Spence and Terrence Crawford, right? Both guys are undefeated. 
um, major fight. Uh, these two have been trying to fight for some time now, but a lot of things have been in the way for Spence. You know, he's 28-0, 22 KOs, has only fought two fights, actually, in the past, uh, I think since 2019. A lot of that was to, from a car crash. Um, he had a retinal tear. So he's been far less active um, than Crawford has been. Crawford's kind of been the staple in the sport, 39-0, 30 KOs. Uh, the current WBO welterweight champion has held world titles at both lightweight and junior welterweight. Um, so he's been really uh, impressive in the sport. And then far as Spence, uh, he unified his WBC and IBF titles, uh, scoring a stoppage against your Dennis, uh, you guys, uh, earlier this year in April. So um, I think it's a big fight for both of them. Um, definitely starting to get a lot of buzz around it, but I think it's going to be a marquee fight between two of the best in the game. Yeah, no, it's absolutely huge. I was reading up on it. I think they said it was the first true undisputed championship match. I mean, you got two undefeated guys. It's not, oh, this person lost to this one and this person really holds it. It's like, no, this is like for the ultimate title. I think it's one of the biggest fights in years. I think it's going to be really exciting. I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, three titles on the line. So definitely uh, whoever wins this, man, they're going to be able to say that they are the champs. So. Both good guys. It's been unfortunate the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, they've been trying to, you know, get this fight going. You know, both have been dealing with different things. Uh, one was, like, under a contract. He couldn't fight a uh, guy that was, I think, above 140 pounds uh, with the team he was under. I think that was Crawford. And the other one was dealing with a car crash and then tears as well as injuries. So, you know, it's both been tough for them to come to the forefront. But I think, nonetheless, it's going to be a good fight. Uh, we had a good fight earlier this year between um, Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia. That a lot of people talked about um, that was a major fight. So this is also the the other big one this upcoming year. So definitely keep your eyes for that. We'll have the live reaction next week. Yeah, and I'm looking at this. It says in terms of like the contrast of styles. Obviously, the records both undefeated, both have a ton of knockouts. But it says Spence, the hard hitting southpaw, he's orthodox uh, in terms of his style. And then on the contrary. It says Crawford's more of the abstract painter. He's a switch-hitting wizard that uses link, speed, and dazzling movement. So I think the contrast of styles, just going into it knowing that, yeah. that'll be exciting. So when do you think that's going to – I remember the last time they had that Pacquiao fight, everyone's like, oh, it starts at 8. I showed up at like 10.30, <laughs> and everyone else had been sitting there waiting. I'm like, have you guys never watched a boxing match before? <laughs> of course not. Like, they don't start on time. They always have fights leading up to it. So it's probably going to be probably the same time, probably like 11. It'll probably kick off. Um, you know how fights are, man. Yeah, so the, that's going to be this Saturday? Or yeah, this Saturday. Yeah. So it'll be, if you've got nothing to do, I think that's a great way to kind of close out July, the last weekend of July, basically, um, with that fight. I think it'll be really intriguing. So... Uh, right now, who's favorite is Crawford at negative 155, and then I think Spence is a positive 130. I'm going to roll with Crawford just because he's been in the ring more um, than Spence has, even though he has a great, you know, different style than he does. I just, I'm going to roll with Crawford and roll with experience. God has been doing it for a long time, um, so I got him winning. Man, uh, I wish I would have looked more into a potential pick. I'll go with Spence, though. Um call it maybe he's gonna win with the body shots Ooh, okay okay that's good I'll one. throw it out there throw it out there okay all right that's a good one so that's what we got far as our boxing we wanted to add that element we heard a comment last week about the boxing if we did it so we'll do a little bit here and there from the big fights uh definitely talk about them and 
give our opinions on that. So that's what we got as far as the fight. Y'all go check it out. Pay-per-view, I think it's $85 for it. So we'll be a big fight. If you don't want to pay the pay-per-view cost, just go to a local bar. Um, you know, they'll probably end up having it for you. Get some food and watch a really intriguing fight. Um, so that's what we got. Uh, this other one, though, I think is really interesting. Chris Jones is actually holding out of camp. Uh, wants to be, according to rumors, allegedly, wants to be the second highest paid at his position. So I just want to get your reaction to that, Craig. I mean, I'm not going to lie. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, Mahomes is the reason you guys won. But I'm about to say the second reason y'all won is because of Chris Jones um, in that playoff game. He was such a force, and he just I'd tore up. playoffs, yeah. Yeah, he just tore up our offensive line. And that one play, I think, which kind of decided the game, uh, when he came through the middle, it was like a minute left. You know, Burrow was driving, his third down. He goes through, tears up offensive line again. You know, forced forced Burrow into an errant throw, and it, you know, dropped short of the of the receiver. So similar to what happened in the Super Bowl. But I think it's a guy like obviously you guys let Tariq walk, but this is a major component of your defense. So just what do you think about the whole thing? Absolutely. When you have a solid or average overall defense, but you have that one guy up front. They can make a difference on a key third down. That's the formula right there. So he's that valuable. I think with the timing of it, doing it right before camp, I think that's very strategic for him. If he would have, it looked like even Andy Reid said he was a little surprised, but if he would have done this earlier, okay, maybe they could have found a replacement, drafted someone, thought about it. You're putting him in a position now where he's taking the $50,000 fines. Uh, he... It's going to be hard. I don't know if a team's willing to necessarily match that $30 million per year he's asking for. And so I think with the timing of it, uh, it's very strategic for him. He's that valuable. And so we'll see what happens. Um, Based on what the Chiefs have done with other superstars, I'm not completely convinced that they will give him the $30 million. I know that's tough. I know they want to. He's team leaders really close with Mahomes I think Mahomes may be talking to him trying to work something out Um, will he take 28 million 27 where is his line I think it's going to be really interesting but certainly in terms of him choosing to do it at this moment taking the $50,000 fine I think he wouldn't have had nearly as much negotiating power if he would have done it earlier 100%. 100%. So that's going to be a storyline to watch out for out of Chiefs camp. Obviously, like I said, I think he's a big component of what they do. Um, and we've seen Chiefs, like, they do it the smart way, right? Um, a lot of people have ripped them off. I did, too. Um, just after they lost Tyreek Hill, I was like, I don't think that team's going to be the same. And he still went and won a Super Bowl. So, um, you know, Chiefs are going to do what's best for the program. And, you know, obviously they paid Mahomes, so he's locked in for, you know, years and years. And, I know. I think Kelsey might be coming up on a contract here pretty soon. So they got to make decisions. I mean, Kelsey's one of their staples as well. So it's tough, man. When when you're winning, it's all good. Chiefs have been doing a lot of winning. So, um, but it's tough, man. I think that would be a you know kind of a big blow. Obviously, you got young talent, but it's hard to replace a guy like Chris Jones. Yeah, and they're obviously gonna have to look into the future too. That too. Yep. Some other guys where it's like, okay, there's four that we want to pay, but we might only be able to do three, and then if we pay. Chris Jones is 30, then we'll only be able to do two. So it does put them in a serious uh, quagmire right now in terms of making this work uh, for the benefit of the team. But this is the business of football. He deserves the money, in my opinion, based off uh, the comparisons, the impact he's had. So we'll see how it ends up. But Chris Jones, obviously, 
we wouldn't have won those two Super Bowls without him. 100%. So, again, another storyline to watch for uh, going into Chiefs camps. But we're going to keep it going. Uh, Killian Mbappe was offered a one-year, $1.1 billion deal to join Saudi Arabia soccer team. Uh, absolutely <laughs> insane. They were going to pay for his transfer fee of $332 million and then pay him an annual salary of $776 million. Multiple people chimed in, even LeBron. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo said, I kind of look like Kenny Wappe. Will you take me too? <laughs> I mean, it's just an insane amount of money. I just don't know where they're getting all this money from. I mean, before I throw it to Craig, they even tried to get Messi to come over, a near-billion-dollar deal for him. Um, but he couldn't pass up the MLS deal, I, I don't think. Um, Ronaldo's already over there. Kareem Benzema recently just left Real Madrid to go to a Saudi team. I think another superstar just went too. So they're, they're starting to land the superstars. And as Ronaldo said, he think it's one of the you know better leagues you know in the world. And he thinks that they're on the rise. And they're landing marquee athletes. So they're trying to do it again. Real quick, if I'm Mbappe, I'm thinking about it hardly. One, because you can go leave and you can make that amount of money in one year. You're basically damn, damn near a billionaire, you might as well say. And then two, you can go to the team you really want to go to. And he's been linked to Real Madrid for summers now. And a team that wants him. And Real Madrid is young, right? Benzema just left. They're going to have Vinicius Jr. They have a really strong backline um, team. They have a really good uh, attacking group as well. And you add, you know, Mbappe to that mix. Real Madrid could win, you know, uh, La Liga titles and Champions League titles for years to come. So I think he should strongly consider it because they don't really show their loyalty like that anyway. PSG doesn't. So Yeah, soccer-nomics is crazy. <laughs> we were talking, I think it was maybe last week, about the messy deal for him to come over. I mean, they're pretty much offering him, like, <laughs> stakeholder shares of the, of yeah. the franchise. Yeah. And so that Saudi money is real. Uh, <laughs> they want to pretty much, I mean, they've obviously been a oil superpower for a long time. Things are changing. They're going all in in sports. It's just what they're doing. Um, they're throwing a lot of money into the live golf they're yep. trying to host major events like the world cups and stuff and so i think uh on the international soccer scene i would not be surprised if they start throwing out contracts like this but i think between the messy deal what we're seeing where you're taking one of the all-time greats you're bringing him in giving him tremendous um assets in addition just to the contract i think we're seeing kind of a new new era of contracts being handed out to athletes and that's why guys like lebron and Giannis are looking at it and saying okay how can we kind of weave this into what's going on our side of the pond 100 percent, and obviously that's not going on in america it's very rare i think the first deal i've seen like that it was obviously messy but as craig mentioned it's an all-time great so you know, he's already helped their following. He's already, you know, pretty much, you know, increased their revenues as well. So when it's an all-time great like that, you know, it's different. So don't be surprised if you see over the next couple of years, um, you know, guys just going over to different leagues trying to make and really expound their bottom line. Let's see what he said. About 20 talent and high-value European clubs. Saudi League. Yep. And this the government window. invested like $30 billion into the Saudi League for the next couple of seasons. Exactly right. Yep. So... That's why you're seeing that money getting handed out. Exactly. And then I remember, like, when the, the golf stuff was starting, and people are like, they're taking Saudi money. And it's like, <laughs> first of all, what's wrong with that? Like, I just don't understand. They're investing it into sports events, either match them or 
It's like that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, they got the money to throw out there, so yeah. sometimes you go where the money is, you know. And you got to think about it, too. Sometimes uh, the players are, like, on the back end of their careers. Like, Messi's on the kind of back end <laughs> of his career. Um, and Benson was on the back end of his career. Ronaldo on the back end of his career. Like, all their, their great days are kind of, you know, behind them now. They can still be great, but not to the level that they were. And it's like, I'm going to have somebody that's going to pay me this amount of money, and I'm on the back end of my career. Y'all got to think about it, right? Let's go back to America real quick as an example. Hmm. A guy like who we just said at the top, Jimmy Graham, right? Imagine, okay, he's only going to get a one-year, probably vet minimum, you know, $1 million deal, right? If they had a league, maybe let's say a football league, similar, you know, not as good as the NFL, but similar, he might make one year $30 million, and he's, you know, not the same player he was. So that's just like a comparison. So I'm going to go take the money. If I'm Ronaldo, right, the reason why he took it, I'm on the back end. I've played some of my best football. I'm considered an all-time great ever. I'm going to go take a deal that's worth over $500 million compared to just making maybe like, what, $100 million barely or $50 million barely at this top team here. I'm going to go explore this league and really try to get my value, you know what I'm saying, and, and, and play out the rest of my league there. Why not? A hundred percent, and especially with soccer, it's international. We know that. It's like if – if you're an athlete and China says, hey, we'll double what they're paying you to come play for us, yeah. and then what we're going to sit here and say, you can't do that? Of course you can. Right. And so that's what they're that's what they're doing. They're I- investing into their sports leagues and drawing tremendous talent there. And they're, I mean, you've seen Dubai and all this stuff. I mean, it's insane yeah. what they got going on over there. Yeah, more talent, more money. So you got to think about it. That's going to help their bottom line. So that's why they're going after these top top tier top end talents in order to bring more people to watch some of their sport leagues so it, it only makes sense and if I'm in that position you know I might do it like a, okay hey let me see what it's about one two year deal I can make this amount of money if you're smart with it you're setting yourself up for the future to me you know so I don't really have a problem with it yeah and it's not just they're paying this player it's like no that works into the stadiums the television deals the media empire everything I mean that's where they're centralizing their economic focus on right now is sports. 100%. But let's roll the clip. Uh, my son Craig about actually, speaking of Messi, his uh, debut, which I thought was absolutely incredible. But I, I don't think he's seen the goal he hit. So I'm going to show him the goal that he actually converted and just get his live reaction to it. I saw it, actually, and I think it's incredible. Actually, I think Atlanta United is playing, actually, in Miami this weekend, I think, too, in Miami. So... And then they're coming here. Yep. And then they'll come here. Let's see. It was last week. Okay. That's Messi and Pulisic. Hold on, y'all. I'm trying to pull this clip. Okay, here we go. Boom. All right, hold on. Let pause. Let's share the screen. Y'all can react to this, too. In my Buster Rob voice, we're making a rap. <laughs> Jimmy, hey, is just... Jimmy is funny. Jimmy is funny. Jimmy got me cracking up. All right, y'all. So we sharing the screen. We're going to full screen it for y'all. This is Messi hitting the game winner uh, via Bleacher Report. Showing this for Craig for the first time. Jeez. Yeah. And, I mean, you see where it is. That's the game. Like, that's a plus two. After stopping time, they're on third ninety three. That's pretty much game. As soon as it hits ninety four, they're gonna call. Then he drew the free kick too, didn't he? Yeah. I mean to do that in your first match, getting subbed on in the fifty, I think fifty first minute or fifty seventh minute, 
and in doing that in your debut, having all the stars there, like I think, um, who was there? LeBron was there. I think Kim Kardashian was there. Um, Becky G was there. To do that in your first game, I mean, you lived up to the hype. Yep, that is. That's living up to the hype. You can't. You to me, y'all. You you can't do it any better. I mean, I mean, you just can't. And you see the crowd there, all there to see him. It's not the. They definitely aren't in contention for a cup this year. They're, <laughs> they're actually last. Team. Exactly. Yes, they're last in the standing. So that just goes to show you. Yeah, that's just a perfect kick. Yep, can't get any better, man. So I love this debut. I thought that was an excellent, you know, just ending to the debut. Don't get better than that. And I mean, he's making David Beckham a very rich man, and and in Miami, very rich as well. So shout out to Messi, man. Uh, he definitely makes soccer very exciting. Uh, I thought it was a win for MLS. Uh, Stephen A. kind of dogged it a little bit and said they're the equivalent of the NBA G League. I think that's a little disrespectful, just- but they're on the rise, right? Because we're gonna have World Cup here. Obviously, it's going to take time for MLS to get up to that level, right? But I think, you know, it's getting better. Uh, landing somebody like this to kind of come over is big. You know, it's a step into the right direction. Like I said, you got the World Cup coming. You have more academies now. We've seen, we talked to Jason Longshore, how competitive now soccer is on the high school level, how better the talent is as well. So it's not going to be on the European level, y'all. But it's going to take some time. But I think it's going in the right direction. You landed a guy. Even though he's on the back end of his career, Messi, he's an all-time great. Just to be able to have him come over is going to do a lot for your sport. Yeah, so they're coming on September 16th. Let's see. They don't have any tickets left. No. But. Come on, Smith. They, they want to see him. See. They want to see him. I mean, I checked a couple of days ago, and they still had some. I've never seen it completely sold out like this. But, yeah, they're going for. 4000 bucks in the lower bowl. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, 100%. That's going to be an electric game. And you already have. The cool thing is, I think they set an MLS record this season. Atlanta United did for attendance, I believe. They did a thing. They did it again. So the fan base here is very, very, um, very fanatical about, you know, they're, they're uh, Atlanta United. And they love, you know, I've never been. I've obviously, obviously always wanted to go to a game. I need to make that on my bucket list to do. But, I mean, the amount of people that go and, and really enjoy and talk good about it and the experience of going to Atlanta United game, I've heard nothing but good things. So, I mean, that only adds more to the intrigue. Yeah, and then just imagine being a season ticket holder since things got started in 2017 and then this news happens and it's like you you really are witnessing history because this is completely game-changing for the MLS. That's why he got that contract. Uh, that's why it involved literal shares within the league itself because it's just such a huge benefit uh, league-wide just to have one of the best of all time to be playing so that's huge shares within the league shares within apple tv deal i mean can't get it really any better man so um, we're going to throw it to y'all, man. Um, unless people were literally more. crying in the stands after he scored that goal. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's how good he is, man. Um, yeah, it's like people saved up. Oh, finally I get to see him play and then see him hit the game winner. doesn't get better than that. It does not. But uh, before we close out the show, any other topics you wanted to hit, Craig? Oh, let's see. I think that's all I got. Yeah, that's about it. I mean, tomorrow will be fun. 
tune in uh, starting at 10 o'clock. We'll try to get as much info as possible and just have a good time with all the coaches and players. Yes, so we're going to be live, y'all. I mean, I can't speak on it enough. Definitely watch it live. We'll have it on the Atlanta News First app. We're going to have it live on our YouTube page as well. And I think it'll be also live on Peachtree TV. So go check it out. Um, and um, we'll throw it to y'all, man. If y'all have any questions, let us know. Yes, we actually broke that down, Jimmy. Uh, Crawford versus Spence. Um, uh, uh, in our third segment at the beginning, um, I think Craig actually took Spence. I got Crawford winning just based off of, you know, um, him being more active, kind of his, you know, his, uh, his reach. I just think Crawford got it. Um, but yeah, we talked about that in that segment, so definitely go check that out. Um, that's a big fight. I know we wanted us to talk more about boxing, so we broke it down, um, in that segment. Um, but yeah, man, if y'all have any questions y'all want us to answer, uh, for tomorrow's show, I'm at tomorrow's show, for tomorrow's live stream with a bunch of teams, like I said, Buford's going to be there, Milton, Roswell, Cass, Collins Hill, uh, Metal Creek, um, Banneker, a whole bunch of teams, man, so... If y'all have any teams or any questions y'all want us to answer, man, throw them below or hit it on our post, the community tab post, questions you want answered there uh, about any of your teams or anything like that. So let us know. Um, real quick, Women's World Cup. Uh, I'm a roll with USA. I've been watching a little bit of it. Um, I think, you know, this their World Cup to lose, I think this will be their last one. They'll probably win in a little while. Um, they got a couple people that are going out. Megan Rapinoe, this is her last World Cup. Um, but they've been playing well, I think, so far. Yeah, I mean, it's predictable. They'll dominate early on. They have had some some bad outings in the past couple, though, where some uncharacteristics, really disappointing losses. So hopefully they can stay focused and, and get it done. Uh, I think they need to They need to prove that they are the, the best of the best again. 100%. And then you say any South Georgia coverage? Let's see. I think we reached out to some South Georgia teams. We got but... Tiff County coming tomorrow. Okay, we got Tiff County. Was there any other ones? From uh, South, I don't think so, right? Rockdale County's not from. No. Hayden, do you know if any big South Georgia teams coming tomorrow besides uh, Tiff? I don't think particularly. Uh, no, right? reached out to a bunch. Yeah. No, we reached out, Jimmy, but no luck on uh, South Georgia. Uh, we wanted them to come, but you know how that drive is because we're going to be in Atlanta, so traffic and all that and everything like that. But uh, I think we got one, which will be TIFF, but mainly it'll probably be North Georgia, um, Fulton, Cobb, uh, Gwinnett, um, or so. But hopefully next year, man, uh, I know we want to expand it. Hopefully next year we'll have a couple media days similar to kind of SEC and how they do it and um you know how they have like multiple days so hopefully one day we can just have you know maybe just all up north teams and then we can, you know we can have south georgia teams come for a specific day to kind of give them some praise as well um and things like that but yeah if you have any questions let us know uh drop them in that little section and quick thoughts on the running back situation before we close um it's trash um i'm not gonna lie to you i think they get they're getting done dirty um not gonna lie um it kind of sucks man um it does but problem is they don't view them as assets um they just view them as you know they're going to kind of deplete after a while um so i mean it's tough i heard saquon barkley actually signed a one-year 11 million dollar deal i don't get the difference i think the only thing that was winning in his favor was the signing bonus he got which was two million and then the nine hundred thousand in incentives but it sucks man and the, the positions really devalue and they don't want to give long-term deals because they feel like the production doesn't add up to what they're going to pay them so 
it's tough. Even the, one of the best running backs of, of this generation, and Derrick Henry has even said he's not, you know, very high on it. So they're trying to come together collectively and, and really trying to figure it out. But I think it's trash. It's crazy. We have some of the best running backs to ever play in the league right now, and we're seeing the position just get completely rolled over in terms of the contract. So that's it's crazy. The talent's there. It they're is. doing more than ever. They're catching out of the backfield, blocking, running having a huge impact just like always but yeah they're they're just too wary to give them a a long-term deal and then you have that stigma where the first four years are the best you have teams like the Chiefs the Falcons last year being able to throw rookies out there that go for a thousand yards that's another thing that is not helping exactly no yeah that's not helping because basically I think about it real quick running backs can excuse me hit the ground running and they can give you multiple 1,000-yard seasons, and you could basically use all that on a rookie deal, and then you don't have to pay them when they get high. See, you got, and I think that's where most of the NFL is thinking, right? Like a quarterback, obviously he can hit the ground running, but he can still hit another level to his game. So that's why they still get paid so much afterwards, right? A lot of times they feel like running backs start getting injured. They start not putting up those 1,000-yard seasons. They start kind of slowing down. So that's kind of the, the comparison oh, a lot of owners brutal. use. So it's, it, it's tough, man. Yeah, just look at a guy like, Todd Gurley, it's like you put in all that work and then later on in your career, it's just you aren't going to have the same production. It's like, but then all those touches, all those carries, everything you did early on, you weren't getting the top money because you, you were, yeah, still a young up-and-coming player. And we got a bold take. We might throw this to our audience, too. Um, question, or the comment said, there are honestly no superstar running backs out there like it used to be. That's kind of yeah. tough. I think it's more than that. What'd you say? I think there's more than that versus the problem. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, I think they're just as talented as some of those guys in the past. I think even more so. They can do so many things. I mean, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think there's exciting guys. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, teams aren't necessarily focused around them as much as they used to. Guys like LT, Priest Holmes. Mm, he said no Walter Payton. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's a rare, though. That's a legend, though. I mean, I think I think that's where Jamie's getting at. I think he's think, thinking there's no, like, legend running backs. Um, I mean, you had good I think I think Adrian Peterson is, is one of those legendary running backs. I mean, he had such a good prime, played in over, what, 15, 16-plus seasons. Um, he's kind of that guy that's, you know, I think will be there in Hall of Fame when it's said and done. Who is the highest paid right now? Would it be McCaffrey? No. Or is it Derrick Henry? No, it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's Henry. Derrick Henry, right? Oh, he's definitely the best better, yeah. uh, running back of this generation. Uh, okay. So, I mean, you got a point there. There are no Walter Paytons. I mean, that's kind of tough. That is yeah, we'll see what Bijan does this McCaffrey. year. McCaffrey. McCaffrey is. I mean, he does so much stuff well, but I don't think Jimmy would consider him a, a superstar. So technically, uh, Minnesota's paying Dalvin more than Henry. Really, and they cut they cut Dalvin. Did that see like that? Did that that one right there is puzzling. I don't understand why you would cut Dalvin there. Too. What do you say? Camara's too paid. Interesting. He's been hurt the last few seasons. Yeah, like the yeah. the Dalvin Cook one, I don't understand. I mean, he just come off a one thousand yard season, a good year, wasn't really banged up, gave great production. I like that. I don't understand. 
Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But as always, y'all, we're going to close it right here, man. Appreciate you, Jimmy. Always showing up. We know it's tough to kind of come here on uh, Tuesday at 12, especially midday. But we appreciate you always tuning in, man, and tune into our live show tomorrow. And thanks again, uh, Dave, for all your thoughts as well. So we'll see you guys uh, next week. And uh, we'll be live on air. We'll me and Craig will be hosting, what, the first couple hours? Yep. Um, live on YouTube and live on Land News First. So we'll see you all then tomorrow. Have a good one. Peace.